to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God, presented to you by Rev. Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor of the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now get ready to be transformed by this message. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful and thankful this afternoon. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you to hear your word. We avail ourselves to you. Lord, I avail myself as a vessel. Fill me, O Lord, and use me. Teach us, O Lord, and draw us closer to you. We thank you, Spirit of God. We thank you that you are present in our midst this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and please sit on top of your enemies really hard. Crush your enemy. Wonderful. Well, we are in status 527. This is different from feeding 527. So you realize you all do not have the book, but you can always bring your book or from any book that I'm sharing from. But we are in status 527, and we are sharing this series of messages. And today, I'm sharing with you the benefits, four benefits of bearing fruit. Four benefits of bearing fruit. I hope to finish these four benefits. Four benefits of bearing fruit. Now, the first benefit, number one, is bearing fruit proves that you are a real Christian. Bearing fruit proof, proves that you are a real Christian. You are a Christian when we bear fruit. Now, you realize that we are sharing some very challenging messages. And... Um, these are messages that are not so common. You are, you are not likely to hear such messages in many churches. Do you understand? But don't be angry with me. I am reading the Bible. I'm just sharing with you from the Bible. Everything I'm sharing with you is from the Bible. And so um, we are being challenged to become what God expects from us. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? you? You realize that some of the messages really pinch you. And you feel it affects you. And it's a good thing. Do you understand? It's a good thing. It means God loves you. When you come to church and you hear a message that affects you, it means God had you in mind. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. So um, don't be angry and receive what we are sharing. Hallelujah. Now, if you have been a pastor for a while, you will come to realize that all church members are not necessarily Christians. You will come to understand that not all church members are necessary Christians. Hallelujah. Now, it's an unfortunate realization that many people who go to church are also not born again. 
You see, we were singing and we are saying, born, born, born again. I'm glad I am born again. I'm thankful to God I'm born again. But not everyone that goes to church is born again. Not everyone who is here is born again. Hallelujah. People, there are many people who go to church who don't fear God. They do not fear God. They have no value for God. Many people go to church every Sunday, but they have no value for God. They have no value for the word of God. Hallelujah. One major feature, one major feature of this kind of thing is when you counsel them with the word of God, you realize that it has no effect on them. People who don't have value for God, people who don't fear God, you realize that when you counsel them with the word of God, it cannot change them. It cannot make them change their minds. It's a sign that this person is not born again. This is not a Christian. Anyone who the word of God has no effect on is not a Christian. Amen. You realize that we don't have anything but the word of God. That is all we have. We don't have anything but the word of God. The power to change you, the power that comes upon a person and causes a change is the word of God. Hallelujah. It is upon that which we pray. It's upon that which healing comes. And as I'm preaching, many of you are going to be healed. Hallelujah. It is the word of God. Amen. Amen. As I'm preaching, heaviness will leave you. You will be lifted off of heaviness. Depression will leave you. But many people have no value for the word of God. Hallelujah. In fact, these people don't even know God. They don't know God. They are in church, but they don't know God. Hallelujah. So you realize that majority of the people who come to church don't care about God and don't care about his church. They don't care. They don't care about God. They don't care about the church. They don't care about the pastor. Amen. And you see a lot of people like this in church. There are a lot of people like this in church. I'm preaching to you. I said I'm preaching to you. You may not like it, but it's a good message. Hallelujah. You realize that for such people, God, and for that matter, the church and the pastor become relevant to them only when they have a situation that is impossible to man. When they have an impossible situation, that is when God becomes relevant or the church becomes relevant, or a pastor becomes relevant. But when they have a situation that they can handle by their means, when they have a situation such as a rent that they can pay, they don't mind about God. They don't care about God. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? But when they have a situation such as I've been searching for a job for many years and I can't find one, or such as I've been looking for my papers for a long time and I can't get it, or such as I have been trying to get married for a long time and I can't find any, and you see certain ages coming closer, 
Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or when they see that I've been trying to have a child for a long time and I can't, then God becomes relevant. And then the church becomes relevant. And then the pastor becomes relevant. And then the word of God becomes relevant. But when they can do it themselves, when they can handle it themselves, there's no problem me getting pregnant. There's no problem finding a husband. There's no problem finding a job. I can, I can get a job anytime. There's no problem with paying my rent. You see, when they have situations like this, then God is not relevant. I am preaching a good message. People who sit in church, people who come to church all the time. Amen. Now, because of this behavior, our unbeliever friends also don't have any reverence for God. Our unbeliever friends find it difficult to believe in God. And so our lives do not attract them to God. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Our lives are not any kind of light to them. We are the light that is hidden under a bushel. Amen. Because our unbeliever friends see that we only need God for certain things. They see that we have no reverence for God. They see that when everything is okay with us, when things are working for us, when things are well with us, they see that when the beer is passing by, we also take some and we drink. As they are sharing the beer, you are going out with them, you also drink. And then they realize that when there's a difficult situation in your life, you say you are praying and you are fasting. And so when the drinks are coming by, you say you don't drink. And then they realize that you only serve God when you have an impossible situation. So they have no reference for God. They, have no, they don't believe in God. Many people are not in church because of Christian lives or so-called Christian lives. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't like my message? I am preaching a good message. I am preaching a very practical message. We don't care about God. We don't have any reverence for God. It doesn't bother us when we are not in church. We don't read our Bible. We don't pray. True or not true? Yes. There are many people sitting here the whole week. They have not opened the Bible. I am telling you, many people sitting here, Christians, the whole month, the whole month, they have not opened their Bibles. Many people sitting here, since the beginning of the year, they have not opened the Bible. They have not prayed. Christians. Hallelujah. You don't like my message. You see? Then clap your hands for Jesus. That is what is on the menu. Michael, they don't like my message, but I'm preaching a good message. It's a good message. Yes. At least I have one person here who agrees that this is a good message. Amen. 
So when we are in church, all of us look like Christians. You see, all of us look like Christians. We look like believers. So how then do we know who is a Christian? How can we tell who is a Christian? How do we identify as we are in church? How do we identify who is a Christian? Well, the answer is in the Bible. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 20 says, Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. By their fruits ye shall know them. Cynthia, that is the answer from the Bible. The Bible says, by their fruits. So if you are looking for a Christian, Jesus is giving you a cue. A way to identify Christians is to look at their fruits. Amen. And we really need to know this. We need to have a way to identify who is a Christian and who is not a Christian as we are all in church. Because otherwise, we will not know. Can you see someone look at the person and say you are a Christian? You can't. People are not people. Amen. And many people have also deceived us. Many people have come and we have believed that they are Christians because they are always with us. They are doing things with us. They are going with us. They are coming with us. They are here every Sunday. And we have thought they were Christians. And we have sometimes even given our sons to them or our daughters to them to marry. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's a dangerous thing. You know, when you don't know who is a Christian. So if you are a single man and you are looking for someone to marry, don't look at pretty faces and don't look at quiet voices. Do you understand? Every single woman who wants to be married has a quiet voice and has pretty face. Do you understand? Everything you say, oh, it's okay. If it is okay with you, it's okay with me. True or not true? Really? Is that what you want us to do? Okay. If it is okay with you, then it's okay with me. That's a tigress inside. You have no idea. You say, you say, my favorite color is green. Huh. In fact, God, how? Really? I don't know. My favorite color is green too. She doesn't like green. She does not like green. In fact, she does not like green. I thought green food, green dress, green shoes, green anything. She doesn't like it. My favorite color is green. <laughs> said, but what's your favorite food? Oh, I like vegetables and vegetables. Oh, this is like heaven made. Oh, vegetables. You like salad? Really? That's my favorite. 
Hey, she has never eaten salad before. Never. The largest extent of salad she has eaten is spinach stew. That's it. But that's her favorite. So you cannot look at this and, and say that I do. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Jesus says you can tell by their fruits. You can tell by their fruits. If you really want to know who is a Christian, look at their fruits. Amen. A man that is nicely dressed in suit and tie every Sunday is not necessarily a Christian. A man that is always with a pastor is not necessarily a Christian. I'm preaching a good word. (laughs) You don't like my message. I'm preaching. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. It's not necessarily a Christian. So if you target someone because this person is always with a pastor, this person is going here, this person is this, this person is... And that is the one you want to marry and you have made a big mistake. Jesus said you will know them by their fruits. By their fruits. Amen. We shall know them by their fruits. Now this should mean a lot to us. If we are serious about heaven and we are serious and I hope you are serious about heaven. If we are serious about heaven, this should mean a lot to us. Because in the next verse, the next verse to this one, it says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Not everyone. So here is some advice from 2 Corinthians 13 and verse 5. It says, examine yourself, whether ye be in the faith. Examine yourself. Examine yourself, whether you are in the faith. Prove your own selves. Prove to yourself whether you are in the faith. Prove it to yourself. Examine yourself. Amen. Examine yourself, whether you are in the faith. Examine yourself, whether you are born again. So if you are not born again, I will advise you to be born again. And then bring forth fruits. Because Jesus is saying the one who is with him, the one that he has called, is the one that he sends to go and bring forth fruit. And their fruit remain. Amen. Amen. So we will know them by their fruits. Hallelujah. So by bearing fruit, you prove that you are a Christian. Hallelujah. The second benefit is that bearing fruit preserves your own kind in the church. Bearing fruit preserves your own kind in the church. 
Now, this is God's prescription for continuity of life in every form of our existence to bring forth fruit of our own kind. In the book of Genesis, if you remember, God commanded Noah in Genesis, God commanded Noah to go into the ark with his wife and he took with him his sons and their wives also. And in addition, God also commanded him to take from every animal a male and female counterpart of every kind of animal to go into the ark. Now, this is how God preserved life after the flood. Are you with me? This is how God preserved life after the flood. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 3, it says, Of fowls also, of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive, to keep seed alive upon the face of all the earth. Hallelujah. To keep seed alive. We ought to bring after our own kind. Hallelujah. There will be no life if God did not take this decision. If God had only taken Noah in, there would have been no life. But to keep seed alive, God preserved the male and the female to bring forth after their kind. Hallelujah. Anytime any species decides to stop producing or reproducing after their kind, life ceases as far as that species are concerned, and they die and they cease to exist. They die out of existence. Amen. Amen. There are several species that we don't see today because of lack of producing after their kinds. When they wipe out all the females or when they wipe out all the males, these species are extinguished. Amen. Amen. Now, in the church also, if we don't produce after our kind, we will essentially die. The same thing. If we don't produce after our kind and we are just here, just as we are, essentially we will all die. And the church will cease to exist. Amen. Amen. Any church where there is no ongoing evangelism with intent to reproduce after their kinds, the church dies. If there is no ongoing evangelism to attempt or to make efforts to win souls after your kind, bring forth after your kind, the church will die eventually. Amen. Amen. And you realize that whenever there is no need for production, no need for reproduction, there ceases to be a supply. There ceases to be a supply. A woman will not have breast milk unless the, she brings forth a child. That is the only time she will have breast milk. Any other time is considered abnormal. That needs to be investigated. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you don't bring forth a child and you are lactating or you are bringing forth milk, it's abnormal. It has to be looked into. You have to run certain tests to see that everything is okay with your hormones. Otherwise, it's abnormal. Amen. Amen. 
So in the church also, if we don't produce after our kind, we will cease to exist. That is why homosexuality is the evil device, the enemy's device to wipe out mankind. Can you, ask, can you imagine if all of us decide to become homosexuals? See? And we say we will not have children because I will live with a man and a woman will live with a woman. We will not produce any longer. And then we will be finished. So sometimes I just I don't understand when someone says, I like a woman. So who should bring forth that you find a woman to like? <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? <laughs> so anytime any species cease to reproduce, if, you, if goats now decide that they are all homosexuals, and goats are with male goat with male goat, female goat with female goat, goats will finish. There will be no goat soup for you. Do you understand? Yeah. So many animals are not in existence today because they were not preserved. They were not preserved. They were not producing. And so they cease to exist. Hallelujah. So what is the first benefit of bearing fruit? Bearing fruit proves that you are a Christian. Number two. Second benefit. Bearing fruit preserves your own kind in the church. Number three. Bearing fruit will bring you much joy. Bearing fruit will bring you much joy. When you bring forth fruit, it brings much joy. Psalm 127 and verse 3, the Bible says, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Happy is the man that had his quiver full of them. When you have many children, the Bible says, it brings about happiness. Hallelujah. When you have many children, it brings about happiness. Amen. Now you realize also that having children is not a simple process. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? It's not a simple process. If you look at the painful and embarrassing things that women ought to go through before they will have children, you will wonder why they want to have more children. You wonder. They go through many, many difficult things, many embarrassing situations. First, you see them having this morning sickness. They, some of them are throwing up. Some of them are constantly spitting in public. They can't even control it. They are nauseous. They don't have appetite. Do you understand? They are, they, there's loss of appetite. And then the changes in their physical features. 
You know, they gain weight. You know, you see that they have no waist. For a woman, it's not a nice thing. But they are willing and happily. <laughs> or you've not seen a pregnant woman before. We have some few. But we can show you. The changes. You see, their facial features are changed. Everything is changed. Sometimes you can't even identify them. Amen. Then they go through embarrassing situations of exposing themselves to all kinds of strangers. It's not a pleasant thing. You know, doctors that they don't know, you go and your usual doctor is not there, and then this one says, I'm the one on duty. And then you have to go and expose yourself. Sometimes not just a doctor, students, residents, nurses, they group like a whole group. And you are like a photo shoot. It's not a pleasant situation. You see, you are laughing, but it's not. Whenever I see a situation like that, I feel embarrassed for the woman. You know? And then they see something small and they say, come and see, come and see. You see? Everyone should come and see. Because that is how everyone is learning. It's not a pleasant situation. So, having a child is not easy. Then they go through labor. The pains of labor. Labor pains, they say, if you have not experienced it, you can't talk about it. But today we are talking about it. Amen. The perfect joints, the perfect bones, actually ought to loosen. Do you understand? They ought to loosen. I mean, you have a small perfect fracture, you cry. But not just one joint, all the joints ought to loosen to accommodate the growing child. And then this big child is coming out through a small canal. It's not easy. If you look at it, you will never want to have a child. If you stand to observe one of these things, you have renewed respect for women. Especially for your mother. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. But as soon as the child comes, as soon as the child comes, you see there's certain joy that comes over them. There's certain joy and someone who was wailing and crying two minutes ago, suddenly now is laughing, smiles on the face and it's amazing. God is good. And shortly after, they want to have another one. Hey! What a shock. This week somebody told me something that was a shocking to me. She said, this fourth child that I didn't have. Eh? I said, what? I don't know who you are looking at, but I'm preaching. I wanted to have a fourth child. I think you are praying against this thing. I, I didn't pray against anything. God has given you all sufficiency. Amen. But you see that as soon as they finish one, they are ready for another one. Divine joy. Certain joy comes over them. 
Not that it's easy even to raise a child. But they are ready to have another one. And another one. Some have eight. Eleven. Some have twelve. Fifteen. Amen. Jesus put it this way. In John 16 and verse 21. He says, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. You see, it brings a certain joy for a woman to hold a child that she has Bring forth, she had brought forth into the world that through her this child was born. It brings such supernatural joy. Are you with me? And in the same way, when a Christian also brings forth a child, bring forth a one that is born again into the kingdom of God, it brings supernatural joy. And you will never taste it until you do it. You will never know the joy that the woman has until you also give birth to one. So bringing children into the kingdom of God, when you, through you, someone is born again into the kingdom of God, you receive supernatural joy. Hallelujah. Receive joy as you go out also to bring forth fruits. Hallelujah. Bringing forth fruit brings joy into your life. Many people are miserable because they don't care about souls. Many people. Through, through someone, you have received Christ, but you don't care about other souls. But try winning souls for Christ and experience the supernatural joy that you will not otherwise experience. When you don't know, look at the women who have five, six children. And they are still praying. They come for all night to pray for the next child. Because there is joy. Supernatural. They cannot explain it to you. Some of them, they, they, they describe the joy of the child in the womb. They describe supernatural joy. Sometimes you are talking with them and then <laughs> they laugh. They say, why? You say, the child just kicked. Kicked. I thought somebody kicks, you will be happy. You will be annoying. But they are happy. Are you with me? They are happy. Amen. Amen. Care about God just as you care about bringing forth also. Amen. Amen. And you experience supernatural joy. Number four, the next benefit. Bearing fruit will cause you not to be ashamed in the day of judgment. Bearing fruit will cause you not to be ashamed in the day of judgment. Hallelujah. Bearing fruit will cause you not to be ashamed in the day of judgment. Now, when you go to the cemetery, if you have ever been to the cemetery, most common scripture that is engraved on many tombstones is taken from Revelation chapter 14, and verse 13. That says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. 
from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Blessed are the dead which die in the choir. Blessed are the dead who die in the church. Blessed are the dead who die playing instruments. Or blessed are the dead who die preaching. No. It says, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Which die in the Lord. You must be in the Lord. You must be in the Lord. You have to examine yourself to know that you are in the Lord. And you ought to be in the Lord until the day you die. He said, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. Many people who die don't die in the Lord. Many people are raised Christians. They grow up in Christian homes. They are in the church. But the day that they are dying, they are not dying in the Lord. It's a pity. Are you with me? It's a pity. There are many people, and then we all go to their funeral, and we say so many good things. And we say that they have gone to be with the Lord. When someone dies, we all console ourselves, and we say, you have gone to be with the Lord. I think you should make the preaching easier for the pastor, that you die in the Lord. Because we come and say things that perhaps are not so. We console the loved ones and say she or he is in a better place and you are in hell. You see, it sounds very funny, but you see, many people die and go to hell. Many people die and go to hell. Beloved, unless you don't believe it, but the only way you will find out is when you die. And when you die, there is no coming back. When the child that is in the womb is born, the child is born just as the child is into this world and there is no going back to say, I didn't know that my heart was supposed to close the holes before being born. I didn't know that I needed surfactant in my lungs to breathe. So let me go back. I came back, I came out prematurely. There is no going back. And the same way, when you die, there is no going back. And I think it is proper that you believe it today. It is better that you believe it today and be born again properly before you die. Because when you die, you'll find out that heaven and hell, they are real places. They are real places. But there is no going back. Amen. So you see this, it says, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. You see this inscribed on many tombstones. And we all believe that they are gone to be with the Lord, and they have gone with their works. He says, and their works do follow them. But when you die, you cannot take anything along with you. When you die, you cannot take your houses with you. You cannot take your money with you. Even your favorite clothes, you can't take with you. 
Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Even your favorite cloth that you said was your favorite, sometimes people will put that aside and put something else on you. And the one that they put on you, you can't even take with you. There are, I've heard of places where when they bury people, some thieves also go in the night and they open up the um, grave and they take everything that they were buried you with. And I agree with that. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's stealing. It's not a good thing. But I don't think it's necessary that when someone dies, you bury the person with jewels and expensive clothes. Because you can't take them with you. You cannot take them with you. I'm announcing to you that you cannot take them with you. Amen. Amen. So some people buy their own suits and hang specially and they let people know that when I die, bury me with this. Because they know people are also not people. They will put some cheap thing on you. But I am saying it's not necessary because you cannot take them with you. Amen. So you go to the cemetery and everyone has this inscription on their grave that your works do follow you. Those who die in the Lord, you die in the Lord. Not everyone dies in the Lord. Not everyone dies in the Lord. So the only thing that you can take with you, the only thing that you can take with you after death are your works. Your works. And the works are the fruits that you are born in the Lord. Those are the things that you can take with you. Nothing else crosses over. Nothing else crosses over. Are you with me? Are you listening? Nothing else crosses over. So the things that you are spending all your life seeking and seeking and looking for, they will not cross over. They will not cross over. Your houses will not cross over. Some of you have built houses. They will not cross over. Your car, your expensive car will not cross over. Some of you, Sunday, you go to the car wash to just wash your car. You don't even come to church. It will not cross over. Your expensive clothes will not cross over. You say you will not pay tight. You will not give offerings. Your... You buy clothes, but you die and leave them here. I'm preaching a good word. You see, when you are preaching like this, people think they are fantasies. People, oh, we have heard this before. We have heard all these things before. But this is the real word of God. I am telling you. This is the real word of God. It says, it says I, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, write. Write this down. Let people read it. Write this down. Let people know and understand that blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Their works do follow them. And it's not your work as a general manager. It's not your works as a nurse or your works as a doctor. Even you help giving medicines to people who are sick, that work is not the one that follows you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes, you did some good. They paid you. 
If it wasn't for the money, you wouldn't have done it. No. How many nurses go to work for free? Let me see how many nurses are here. Lift up your hands. Nurses in the house. Okay. Very good. Now put your hands down. How many of you go to work for free? You see? None. None. So you have received your reward here. But the works that follow you are the works that you do in the Lord. Those who follow you. Yes, you are a nurse, but you are a soul winning nurse. You are a manager, but you are a soul winning manager. You are a central sterile supplier agent, but you are a soul winning central sterile supply agent. You are a bank manager, but you are a soul winning bank manager. You are a security guard, but you are a soul winning security guard. These are the works that follow you. These are the works that will follow you. Yes. These are the works that will follow you. Amen. You see, let us open our eyes and be serious with the Lord. Because I have seen the young die and the old die. I have seen it with my own eyes. I have seen 26-year-olds who was in college and suddenly dies. One day there was a child, who, a young lady, who was going to college. She has gained admission in college. And she was very happy, so she went out with her friends. I think the day before they will go, teenagers, the, the day before they will go to college, they went out to play and have fun. And they went to this place where there is a lake. And they were just jumping in the lake, just playing, having fun. So there's, a, there's a, a, a hill somewhere or a stone. They will step on and they will jump in the lake. And then they will come out. They will jump and they will come out. And then one of them jumped. And when she jumped, she got sick after they went home. So she came to the emergency room. And they couldn't find what was wrong with her. So they gave her, she says she's having a headache. And they said, perhaps they're diving back and forth, maybe made you. And they sent her home. Then in the evening, the parents brought her to the hospital again because she was unconscious. Do you know what happened? As she dived, and she was diving, and she was diving, a certain animal, it's like an amoeba. Do you understand? Went in the nose like this and went into the brain. And that amoeba, it multiplies quickly. It multiplies. It multiplies. That is how it produces. Do you know what is amoeba? You never went to school? <laughs> Everyone knows amoeba. It's general science. This is not scientific science. Okay. Amoeba is a unicellular organism. Do you understand why it is a unicellular organism? See? See, how can I help you? So it is able to break down and divide and continue to divide binary fishing. And device, and device, and device. So it was multiplying. It was increasing, multiplying, multiplying. And it took over all of her brain. And the brain swore. And she herniated and died. 
teenager who was just about to go to college, 18, 19, thereabout, 17, 18, 19. The parents could not believe it when we said she's dead. They said, no. She's dead. He says, no, you don't understand. No, she's sleeping. She cannot be dead. She's going to college. But lo and behold, she was dead. Young people die. Old people die. Someone says, I, I, I was dead. Nothing else wrong with me. Suddenly, she has a headache. Then they brought the person a blood vessel has busted in the brain. How did that happen? No one knows. No one knows. So, beloved, the young will die, the old will die. When you go under a tree, you see the, all kinds of leaves under the tree. When the storms blow, all kinds of leaves will fall. Green leaves, brown leaves, yellow leaves purple ones, all different kinds of leaves. When the wind blows, and when the wind of death blows, young, old, they die. When you stand before the Lord, what are you going to show him? He says, and your works do follow you. And your works do follow you. Hallelujah. One day we are all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. What works will be in your hand? What will be in your hand to show him? We don't take this seriously. You know, it is one of the messages we hear and then it goes through here and it's gone. But beloved, that day is coming. That day is coming. That day is coming. No one will live forever. We will all die. Either you attend my funeral or I will attend your funeral. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You must be prepared every single day to meet your Savior. You must be prepared every single minute. Every single minute. Today as we were driving on the highway, you know, and I was just observing these cars just pass by. Two cars, like they're racing. You see, and all they need is one to make a mistake and just knock you off. As you are careful holding your two steers, like... Um, old man or old woman and driving carefully. Are you understand what I'm sharing with you? I'm preaching a message to you. You see, I am bringing to your attention how fragile we are. How fragile we are. How fragile. All you need is just sit down for a prolonged air flight and a clot forms in your leg. What can you do about that? Except the Lord. Except the Lord keeps you. Except the Lord keeps you. A, a small clot forms in your leg. And then you stand up. You see how many of you have sat down for a while and when you stand up you feel like your legs are numb. Yeah. A stasis of blood flow. Stasis of blood flow. That is why when you are on an airplane, a, a long flight, every now and then you have to get up and walk. Even if you're not doing anything, go to the back and then to the front and back and then sit down. Clap your hands for the reverence. See, I save you from DVT. It's called deep vein thrombosis. You see, there are some people, they sit on the aircraft, they sleep 
throughout. You see, it's not the same as sleeping on your bed. When you sleep on your bed, you turn, you toss, you move your legs. It's a device, a means to prevent blood clots from forming in your legs. But when you are sitting on an aircraft, you sit still. There's no movement. And the blood stays and it forms a clot. And the clot moves to your lungs. (coughs) But let it never be your story. None of you will die from deep vein thrombosis in the name of Jesus. But when we stand before the Lord, what would we show him? What would we show him? Kwame, what would be in our hand? When, what would be our works? What would we show him? What would we show him when we stand before the Lord? He said, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Everyone, what would we show him? Decide today that you also, you will be a serious Christian and care about the things of God. That you also will bear fruit. You will bear fruit for the Lord. That when you appear before him, you will not be ashamed. You will not be ashamed when you appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You say, who are your souls? You say, hey, Kwame, John, Joseph, Bedu, John, Frank, Yao, Daniel, Richard, they are all my souls. I brought them all to the church. What have you brought to the church? What have you brought to the church? What have you brought to the church? Let it be said of you, well done, well done. That good and faithful servant. Well done. What would we show? Beloved, let us care about Christ and about his works. Let it be on your heart that you care about the church. You care about the works of God. And stop always asking God for things. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus. I want us to pause here. We want to receive communion. Stand to your feet. Oh, Father, pray, pray and say to the Father, you don't seem to have so much care. Be honest with yourself today. He says, examine your own self. Prove it to yourself whether you are in the faith. Pray, pray to the Lord and say, why is it that you don't have any care for souls? Lord, give me a burden for souls that I will also care about soul winning, I will also care about soul winning. In the name of Jesus. Pray, 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 pray. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That we will care. We will care about souls. He says, and our works, the works that we have done in the Lord, the works that we have done as Christians, they will follow us. And our works do follow us. And our works do follow us. Oh, yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Give us a burden. Give us a burden. That we will care about your works. We will care about souls. We will care about the things that you care about. We will care that we will bear fruits also. That we will have fruits to show you when we appear before you. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. We have toiled with the work of God. We have toiled with the things of God. We have prayed. We have prayed and we have asked for so many things. But Lord, we have not asked for the burden to bear fruits in the kingdom. 
to bear fruits for the kingdom. But this afternoon, Lord, count us among the fruit bearers of your kingdom. Count us among the fruit bearers in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We are grateful. We are thankful in the name of Jesus. Now this afternoon, I want everyone here to examine yourself. I don't know why this message is today. But beloved, none of us have tomorrow. You do not have tomorrow. So examine yourself, whether you are in the faith, whether you are in the Lord. If you are here and you are not born again, you are here, you are not born again. One here this afternoon, Jesus Christ is not your savior. You have not given your life to Jesus. If you are here this afternoon, you want to give your life to Jesus. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to receive Christ in my life. Maybe you come to church every Sunday, but you know deep in your heart that you are very far from Jesus. You are very far from God. If you were to die today, you are not even sure where you will go. If that is you, this afternoon, I'm giving you this great opportunity. Why don't you lift up your right hand with all eyes closed, every head bowed. You say, I feel very far from Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, do not leave this place without giving your life to Christ. You may not have that opportunity again. You may not have that opportunity again. He said, be sure of your salvation. Be sure of your salvation. If that is your prayer, I want you to lift up your right hand wherever you are. Just lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? Lift up your right hand and I will say this short prayer with you. Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the sacrifice you made for us. Even whilst we were still sinners, Lord, you sacrificed. You laid down your life for us. We are grateful unto you. We thank you for your word that continues to light our path. We thank you, Lord Jesus. May you keep us, preserve us, deliver us from the wicked one. Deliver us from his subtlety. Deliver us from his lies. Deliver us from his deception. Deliver us from bad counseling in the name of Jesus. Deliver us from ungodly counsel. Deliver us from the counsel of the ungodly. Lord, may you keep us. May your word be a guide unto us. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at Kodesh Family Church, located at 1734 Williams Bridge Road, Bronx, New York, at 12 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you. I see.